Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Bloody Good Horror. My name's Eric, and I'll be your host this evening, where we will be reviewing 1989's Intruder. Are you into local grocery store intrigue? Then this is the movie for you. Uh, joining me tonight, first up from Manhattan, New York City, please welcome John Schnars. Hello, Eric. This is not like your bodegas, John. We have supermarkets, too. This is like an A&P situation. I don't know if you all have ever been to a grocery store in New York City, but it's like they have roughly the same number of SKUs as most grocery stores, but in like 60% the space. So it feels like very claustrophobic, depending. Not every store, but a lot of them. Next up from the Bay Area, please welcome Rachel back to the show. Hello. As a former grocery store employee, I am here as an expert witness. Nice. Would you say the Bay the Bay Area of California? Is that how you'd say that? Or would you say this uh, the San Francisco Bay Area? San Francisco Bay Area, That's yeah. Right. Or yeah. Or the Bay. Either of those. The it, Bay. Cool. Oh, I like that. Yeah, you know, in Whoa. the city. Yeah. Don't let the yeah. Chesapeake Bay people hear you say From the, the Bay. Bay. Like that. All right, catch me outside, Chesapeake. <laughs> <laughs> and last up tonight, the oh, man sorry. who foisted this film upon us. It's his staff pick from Indiana. Please welcome Casey to the show. I, too, have a long, dark uh, history in the grocery store industry. So Same, actually. There was some draw there. We got, an, we got an Instagram question later. We can bust our stories out. But how does it feel, Casey, that after like two years, you wore me down and caught me on the week <laughs> when I couldn't have, I couldn't didn't have the energy to pick anything else? Well, I was more surprised because I have been trying to get Eric and John to watch this for a couple of years. But then uh, we were texted last night. Eric's like, well, I've seen this a couple of times. <laughs> I'm like, damn it, man. If there's a bullshit 80s slasher on Slack, I've probably thrown it on it. Like the, this was on the not Slack. Sorry. This was on the Shutter TV rotation hardcore for a while. Yeah. So yeah. I would catch it in pieces. And it's like it's extremely inoffensive, like background watching. So I had it on a lot. I feel like. We, we can get to that, but there are some, depending on who's around. Like well, that's some, what I, yeah. when I say inoffensive, I mean to me personally, when I'm oh. alone. <laughs> like, I don't give a shit about anybody else. I would so. say it's like 99% inoffensive, but the 1% is, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, so that's what we're here to do tonight, talk a little 80s. There was somebody on Instagram who wanted to know, does this mean we'll finally get Eric's staff pick of Bud the Chud? Two, Ooh. but Chud two, sorry, Chud two, Chud two colon, but yeah. the Chud. So maybe I've never seen Chud two. We're one, we're one step closer to that reality. So I've never mm -hmm. seen it either. That's it's kind of like <laughs> I need to complete the loop, and I might we might as well do it on the show. You've never seen it. It is so. You've talked about it so many times on the show. I I, I thought you were the one person. No. Who well, it. I just know it's not even related to the first movie, and it's probably terrible. But I just like would. It feels so insane and obscure that they made a Chud 2 that I just would like to see it before I die. It's like Troll 2 in that way. There's no relation Like to if Troll I one. were tomorrow to like collapse and be brought in the hospital and they were like, you have 24 hours left, I'd be like, bring me a copy of Chud 2. <laughs> Tell my children I love me. Give me a copy of Chud. <laughs> Take me to the ocean and bring a VCR with you. <laughs> Bold of you to think it's available on VHS. <laughs> I'm assuming that's the only place it's available. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, it's its primary format. Um, but anyway, we yeah. are we are here to talk about Intruder tonight. Not the Intruder, but Dennis Quaid, which I 
completely forgot about. And I think Megan Good is in that movie, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah. I believe she's sure. the one being intruded upon, if I remember. Um, yeah. We did that movie, John. It was we a couple, it was it was a couple of years ago. I forgot about it, too. Yeah, anything in 2019 just got wiped from the memory banks, I feel like, after 2020 hit. Yeah. Just one of those years. That's fair. All right, let's take a quick break and discuss Intruder. This is it, Jennifer. Your big break in TV. Stop the front time. John, I did. I didn't want to be accused of just pulling an Eric, but I did. Um, I really felt like the uh, fake, tough, leather, abusive boyfriend that gets a redemption arc. I feel like he was could have been in your family Spoiler tree. Spoiler alert. I feel like he could have been in your family tree. Like he's not Schnars, uh, but I feel like he might be like a third Schnars cousin. Schnars adjacent. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. Hey, look, the time is not, well, 89. He was probably, what, 20? So we're not quite. Maybe he's more Casey's age, I guess. Do all schnarzes <laughs> bring their pocket dictionaries to family reunions? You guys just trade words? I think I'm, st- in, even in the family reunion, I'm still the one expected to bring the dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. All right. I like it. Uh, John, please bring us the word of the day. Eric, today's word is sunder. S-U-N-D-E-R, sunder. Means to split apart. As in, uh, they give you the phrase here, hew their bones in sunder. Ooh. Mm -hmm. That'd be a real good metal album name. Uh, I'm writing that down right now. You you should check that, because I feel like it's probably been used. Um, How do you spell hew in that instance, John? H-E-W? Yes, correct. Um, comes to us from the old English sun, Sundrian related to German Sondern, Sondern. Um, so there you go. John, is it Sunder? Hew their bones in, in Sunder or and Sunder? In Sunder. Man, that's a, that's just a sentence. It's gorgeous. I yeah, that's no, very good. John, tell me about Intruder and why, 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 well, why I feel would like you... Casey should do the, oh yeah, that's the, a good point. Telling. Well, why don't you tell me first, John, where that word comes from? Well, okay, I said it. Is it the German and the Old English? Not where the word. Why did you pick that word? John? <laughs> you just give words and then you know you got to tell me what it has to do with the fucking movie or why are we here? Look, Intruder is a movie where a lot of things are sundered, I guess is <laughs> okay. what I'd say. Fine. One point ahead is... Rachel, I assumed he wasn't paying attention. That was why I went that direction. <laughs> so, one, that is not an unusual assumption. At one point ahead, you would say is, it was epically sundered by some type of saw device. Multi- multiple yeah. sunderings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Casey, tell me what's what's the deal with this movie? Why do we watch it? What and tell me what it's about? All right, so I saw I discovered this movie a few years ago. If you go back through the back catalog, you'll find an old Cinema Fromage episode with me and my lovely wife, Colleen, talking about this movie. Um, I'd stumbled across it then, hadn't heard of it, and was drawn to it simply because there was two Raimis in it. And so it caught my attention. I hadn't looked too much more into it and sat down and watched, and I really got into it uh, after a while. It's 
a fun little 80s horror flick that is a little bit different than your typical 80s slasher, I think, to some extent, mostly in the setting and stuff like that, where that comes from. And it just made it fun and it made it memorable to me. Plus, there's some really great kills in this movie that I enjoyed. And that's really what made it stand out more than anything. Casey, you blasted past Raimi's. I feel like you need to like elaborate on that just for the listener. Yeah, in case that's people haven't fair. seen it. But I figure with our crowd, they're going to have a good idea. But no, this is uh, this has Sam Raimi and his brother Ted in it both, uh, which most horror fans are going to be quite familiar with uh, coming out through Evil Dead, Spider-Man movies and everything. Ted is uh, Sam's brother. He's been in most of Sam's movies, if not all. I was trying to I actually was not getting Ted plays. At first, I thought he was playing the. He's the guy, the with guy the who's wearing the headphones, that's who's him. like that's, got the glasses at him. Yeah, that's him. Yes. Oh, okay. All right, then I do know. Yeah, they do look. Uh, they do look quite a bit alike. It's easy to uh, get them confused. But Ted's a little bit goofier. He's kind <laughs> of playing like sort of a off kilter gentleman in the he's movie. He's kind yeah, of the best so. part of the movie, honestly. He's, oh, he's yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, so this movie, Intruder, takes place uh, in a grocery store, as we've mentioned. It's a night shift. Uh, grocery stores coming in to clean up do their night shift duties and as they start working they find out that the uh, store's future is in peril it's being stolen uh not stolen sold by the uh, store owner and the store manager who is part owner and getting part of the profits and they're having to break the news to the crew at the same time one of the gals whose whose character name escapes me off the top of my head right now uh she is uh, one of the cashiers there, and it turns out she has an ex-boyfriend who has shown up and started harassing her there before the store locks up, which causes a lot of uh, tension as he shows up and starts talking to her, trying to figure out why she left him over a year ago. Um, <laughs> and giving her a hard time and eventually breaks down in a fight with the store manager and the owner and a couple of the guys working that night and uh, having to break them up and get him out. And from there, we spend the evening with uh, this crew in this store as things start to uh, go sideways for them as the store prepares for its last night of operation. You know, one of those small town grocery stores where eight people work all night long. (laughs) Right. (laughs) How many people are there during the day? Like 40? Financial problems. Oh my god. I feel like I feel like the cashier so the, there's like the two female cashier. They're the cashiers and everybody I think everybody else in the movie is a man. They were yeah. probably getting ready to go home but then they have to lock up because of the intrusion and so yeah. Sure. You know, they, I felt like some of those people were about to go home and then they end up having. I guess, but they're stay. still working the whole movie, like until the third act. Almost. They're just like, well, the movie's only like an hour. Like, you you know, well, look, I can't wait till Rachel and Casey explain to us how supermarket works later. But, oh, I, you know, <laughs> presumably those things that have I, to happen. I also worked yeah. at a supermarket supermarket. I was like a, a terrible supermarket employee for. How the hell did all three of you work at a supermarket? I lived in a small town, know. dude. That's small it was towns, e- dude. It was either that or <laughs> not much else It was there. either that or like Pizza Hut or something. Yeah, oh, yeah I worked yeah. at Pizza Hut too. Nice, <laughs> nice. Domino's. I applied to Pizza Hut and they didn't even call me back. So there you go. I got rejected by Pizza Hut. <laughs> oh man. Well, I, mean, right. I will say I will throw out there just for you know. Uh, realness sake I, there was somewhere in the mid 90s probably 92 93 i did work third shift at a kmart over summer vacation and there were probably about eight or nine of us working overnight in a kmart 
stock of shelves. Well, so. Kmart, I can see it's a de- full department store, yeah. not this like dinky little bit different grocery store. Um, well, we can definitely get to our uh, working stories later. John, what do you think of this movie? Oh, I get to go first. Sure, why not? Um, I here's what I'd say. Looking back on it, I watched this movie last night. Looking back on it now, it feels very charming. And and uh, I am remembering some of the ridiculous moments and sort of with a with a smile on my face at the time of watching it. It felt a little uneven to me. I think it's it's sort of bizarrely paced. There's like a lot of time in this movie where no one is being killed. There is no threats it's, of violence. It's 40. I can't. I, I noted it's 40 minutes till it death happens. Yeah. It And like even the stuff with the boyfriend, which becomes narratively important, like it just feels weird. Like when it's that. So it's all a little wonky. Look, it's a fairly I mean, I assume this was extremely low budget. Um I think the director here is this guy, Scott Spiegel, who had been a collaborator with Raimi and, and, you know, um, he, you know, it, it was like a passion project type of set, set up. I mean, to, K- to Casey's point, he got both the Raimi brothers. It is funny on the poster for this on IMDb, the two names at the very top are Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi. <laughs> now, Sam Raimi is like one of the main characters, certainly, yeah. or like, you know, he's in this movie a lot. Bruce Campbell is in this movie for 16 seconds like i if kept that. waiting yeah i kept waiting for like where is <laughs> really Campbell coming up and it's like whew, you blink and you miss them ramey's yeah, funny ramey's funny because it's like his acting he gives off hardcore like oh he's also on set do you want to just be a character vibes like he's not an actor at all <laughs> yeah. he looks like he's having I like fun I, I think he's good like i think <laughs> it works here because he is like disgruntled he is very much at the level of everyone else i feel like so it's, yeah. it doesn't stick out it's just funny the um yeah so I ultimately like it's fun I'm glad I watched it we'll definitely talk about the kills because there are some fucking intense kills in this movie um it, at times I was just like what the fuck is going on here <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's my review for what it's worth yeah. Rachel what do you think so okay so I feel kind of two ways about this movie I think that if I want to put on like my critics hat I'm gonna see the flaws and the seams and the silliness and the pacing issues which I think is a very legitimate criticism of this film but then there's the other part of me that just kind of loves how odd this movie is like it takes some pretty big creative swings like the the weird thing like the shot there are a handful of shots that i'm sure we'll talk about that are just such bizarre choices but they they add charm to it you know like i found myself very charmed by this movie i think that's what you said john as well Hmm. and you know, I typically go into slashers with like a little mixture of hope and trepidation because on one hand, they can be such a fun thrill ride. And on the other hand, you know, especially when you're going into these 80s ones, they're often yeah. very steeped in misogyny. Um, and that's sort of like the price of admission for the ride. And sometimes it's not worth it for me. So I was very excited that that was not necessarily the case. There's a little misstep with a particular character arc. But for the most part, like the gender politics in this are not so gross that it takes me out of the experience. Um, and there are a lot of really fun kills in this. So I get all of the fun of a slasher without that high like sticker price. Um, so yeah. yeah, I actually ended up liking this quite a bit more than I was expecting. Especially when I found out I was watching a different movie than I had gone into thinking I was watching. 
yeah. Like we're gonna have to talk about broom cam for sure. I forgot about the broom. There's so <laughs> much. There's so much wonky handheld camera action going on in this. Well, movie. like Schnars pointed it out in our email chains too. Like one of the highest points of cinematography in here is the rotary phone shot from inside <laughs> the phone. Inside the phone. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm more the bottle distortion. That was the one for me. I was yeah. like, that is cool, man. I think I'm yeah. largely in line with everybody else. Um, it is hilarious. The amount of like small town grocery store intrigue that is in this movie. Like it has, <laughs> I never know the difference, like if that's plot or story, because it's not like things are happening per se, but we are getting so much universe building around the financial situation of this grocery store. Who works there? Who needs a job? Who's getting fired? Like everybody's upset. It's for a slasher, especially it's like a hilarious amount of story. Now I'm kind of two ways on that stuff because it's the first 40 minutes of the movie. It gets kind of boring when you're waiting for like something to happen, something to someone to die. On the other hand, I feel like if you had like a partner to watch this movie with, like someone that can appreciate camp, there's a lot of high camp in the first like 40 minutes of this movie. Like 100%. it is so silly. This stupid leather jacket dude trying to act tough. And like the one scene where <laughs> the fight scene they get into, dude, the fight, it's the worst. Absurd. It's the worst fight choreography you've ever seen in your life, which is hilarious. And it happens multiple times in the first they act. They each keep coming up and punching him. It's There's like three dudes. It is so, it's so bizarre and stilted. There's this really funny scene where so um, Renee Estevez is in this movie. John, do you know who mm-hmm. Renee Estevez is? So before well, I, I told know you, the Estevez family for sure. So, so yeah. she, well, it's interesting though. But no, so she is Emilio Estevez's younger sister. Now you'll remember that's not actually Emilio Estevez's real no, name. I, so yeah, she yes, took his yes. fake last name, which is hilarious. Um. Cause he, I thought it was the other way around. I thought that was. The oh, real you're right. Name. I'm sorry. That that is the real name. You're right. You're yeah. right. So, um, the Estevez thing is throwing me off. She sorry. was in. She was um, fairly successful on in this exact kind of movie. Like, if you go to her IMDb, she was in a bunch of this level of slasher in the '80s. The one that I really only know her from is Sleepaway Camp Two. Um, where she's like the lead heroine in that movie, which was Sleepaway Camp 2 is like 88. So it was probably right around this time. Um, Which which is another thing. It's so hard for me to wrap my head around this being 1989 because it looks like 1982. It really, I don't know if it was just the cheapness of how it was shot or what, but it really, because 89 slashers really started rounding that corner into almost leaving the eighties and starting to look like 90 slash. Like it's just, I don't know. It's just pretty wild to me that this was, was came out in 89. Um, Ted Raimi's really funny. I feel like that. I, I, I dug the running gag of him just not paying attention to anything. He's like, it's like the perfect kind of physical comedy role for him. Uh, and I think the movie does really redeem itself with in the third act, like a series of kind of insanely gruesome murders, like, and they're cut a little bit too. You can see, some MPAA chopping going on here where like we're only lingering on shots for a second, but like there's, there's some weird quick cutting happening, but there's a lot of gore that was left in just people being completely eviscerated in really disgusting ways. It's got that wonderful, like low budget charm to it. Um, 
I do think then the movie tests you again by this final chase scene, which so like yep. the, the section of the movie where everybody's dying is awesome. But then yeah. that ends and there's no one else left to kill. It's like they and they didn't they spread the it out reveal. enough. They, because which was because not a big there's mystery, times when like three people die one by like right after another. They don't spread it out at all. It's like all packed into this like 20 minute section of the movie. But then we go to this like 15 minute chase scene with a fight in the grocery store with the final girl with just the terrible cinematography and the fight core. It's like, it gets very boring, honestly, after a while. But yeah, I think, I think largely like it's pretty charming. It's probably best viewed with some alcohol and some friends who can enjoy some campy stuff. Cause like just laughing about how hilariously focused it is on the grocery store stuff alone, I feel like is, is yeah. it's kind of worth it if you have a friend that enjoys that stuff. Uh, you're 100% right. When I first saw this, I watched it with Colleen, who is a big fan of camp as well. And that definitely adds a lot to it, to be able to sit there and laugh at it and laugh along with them and have fun with it that way. It's definitely a part of the experience for me. Mm-hmm. But the kills also like go above and beyond. And I think it's important to pick out, uh, point out that a lot of the makeup effects in this were Greg Nicotero, who is well, so world it's all, famous and huge in walking dead fame. Now. It's actually all of them. It's all of KB. It's, uh, Ber- Greg, uh, not Greg, uh, Howard Berger. Yeah. Nicotero. And then is it Kurtz is the other guy? I think mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Um, anyway, like they were basically, I don't know if they had incorporated KMB yet. That might have been more in the early 90s that was happening. But I believe what was happening first is they were all working different places, but started doing projects together. And that was what led to them like forming KMB. So this is probably represents their like genesis yeah. in some ways, working on stuff like this, which is, and which is an interesting like, and the quality of kills that you're getting in this. I yeah. think you could totally see their signature all over. The quality, I mean, the quality of kills clearly outstripped the quality of the movie. Well, that's, it yeah. does, it like completely changed how I felt about the movie. For, it, it elevates it. Yeah, I was, Eric, I was 100% on, you know, I mentioned the, the pacing being like wonky. The end is actually in some ways like worse than how slow the beginning is, only yeah. because like it puts you in the position of like, you're, you know, like you always want to wow them at the end. Right. And you have a hit, but here it's like, they go back to this sort of sleepy. It's not even sleepy. There's lots of stuff happening. It just gets boring. After well, a little I while. think part of the issue is they, what happens is like the, no one finds out about the killer until it's like kind of too late. So like they can't say they, they don't save anybody for the post reveal except the final girl. So mm-hmm. everyone else dies right. just stocking shelves and shit, basically. Yeah. Um, well, and mean, yeah, the first ahead. half is like populated with all of these odd bodkins and conversations, like, like the blender conversation was really funny. So like, yes, you're getting weird grocery store intrigue, but it's delivered in a fun campy way. Mm-hmm. And as you know, I love a final girl, but Jen is not going to make the like pantheon of final girl. She doesn't have that final girl Christmas. So when you're alone with her, like Bill is doing all the heavy, oops, sorry, shit. I just, am I spoiling? Okay. <laughs> Uh, one of the characters not is super doing hard all of to the figure heavy out. living. I mean, they literally show him halfway through the movie, but um, yeah. <laughs> but like, and he gives a ton of camp and like elevates like all of that his portion of the the chase and like uh, that stuff. I think really works. The problem is he's kind of playing off a very flat sort of uh, foil. Yeah, he's, yeah it, he's working real hard. Like it, maybe you know. They, well, they could have taken him down one notch in my book. It also oh, definitely oh. feels like they went through all this movie. They got all these cool kills in 
and, you know, got really into it. It's like, oh, this looks awesome. This is great. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, shit, we still got to film like 20 more minutes. <laughs> That's why I, it was odd to me. Like, they could have cut this, though, 10 minutes. Like, Dude, they could have made this yeah. 10 minutes shorter. You can no make problem. an 80-minute movie. I've yeah. seen I've seen 80-minute okay. 80 slashers before that were kind of awesome. Yeah. Or they could have yeah. put put some more a lit, tiny bit more grocery store, you know, intrigue to break up those kills that are like Eric said are literally one after another. Oh my god, just they're literally they're literally talking about like repricing stuff and like <laughs> yeah. the one girl's trying to line another job up and they're talking about like the politics of like who owns like oh my god. It's really funny. I, I, yeah. It's hard not to, to notice like, while you're watching electric it. boogaloo territory with these plot points. <laughs> like while you're wa- while you're watching it, you're just like, are we still talking about the goddamn grocery store? Like, ser- and it is so spoiler alert. Like they set up like a hardcore red herring in this kind of greaser, fake greaser boyfriend guy who like they they are setting that up so hardcore. You just know he's not the killer. Yeah, like, yeah. There's it's, absolutely it's so no obvious way. because they spent so much time on it. So especially nowadays, I mean. Nowadays, looking at today's horror movies as much as we watch them and get into it, it is definitely telegraphed. Maybe not so much in 89 when it came out, but it was definitely telegraphed. We we are the one scene now that now I'm remembering the one scene that uh, we're sort of maybe downplaying is the that greaser boyfriend getting killed when, when he's basically beat beaten to death by the head. Isn't, isn't that isn't that how he dies? Is that am I getting that yep. mixed up? Yeah. That shit was. I was just like, is this happening right now? Like, what is going yeah. on? But that's yeah. you know, and it's funny because hearing you guys say charm when you're talking about this movie, that is, I never thought of that term before on why I enjoyed this movie and wanted to watch it. But really, is it's got a charm to it, and it's, it's lucky. It comes they're, with the setting, it comes with the cast, it comes with that Sam or Amy group of friends that made evil dead and stuff like that, their kind of sensibilities with it. And I really got into, I keep talking about the kills here, but I really enjoyed them because you also have to look at the fact too, that they incorporated these kills using things, nothing crazy that shouldn't be in a grocery store. It's all they're using their surroundings and their environment it's true. very effectively for this, which mm-hmm. I thought was mm-hmm. part of the charm and, and made it the and, hilarious, and made me laugh. The hilarious thing in the end is like, and I, I suppose it almost like validates some of it for me. Like all of the grocery, gr- the, uh, all of the grocery store drama is completely related to the killer's motive in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and he even says at one point during all the like nonsense chatter, the the killer says something to the effect of like, you know, I started just like you. I was the butcher at the grocery store, you know, and here I am like part owner. It's pretty obvious. You know. I feel like at some point. Yeah. yeah fairly 100%. obvious who the killer is going to be. Yeah. It's the, funny. To, go, go ahead. ahead John. No, no, I was no. going to say it's funny today. I started rewatching this again. I'd seen that. I watched the rewatched this actually like two or three months ago, back just before Christmas, just because I saw it showing up on shutter again. And I'm like, Oh, cool. I haven't seen it. I watched it again. I uh, started rewatching it again today and I was watching it on the computer and I'd never pet, caught it before. But as <laughs> the insanity of this movie and the kills start kicking up in the middle, we start off, I believe we start with the uh, trash compactor scene, right? I think that's I the first that's the kill, or it's close. One? I think it's it's it might be like the second. It is early on, at yeah, least. But yeah, we yeah. see that we see this one guy who talks like a weird 
Midwestern surfer dude, maybe. Hey, uh, his name is Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Be respectful of Bob. <laughs> but we see him go uh, going out to the trash compactor, and that's when we get the first intrigue, and we see the shadowy figure standing behind it. I never noticed it before, but I don't know if it was the increased resolution watching it on the computer or something, but they show the killer in the shadow standing on the back side of that. You can clearly see who it is. <laughs> and it's not revealed at that point, but you can clearly see that's the store manager hanging out back there behind the trash factory. Whoops. <laughs> I did not catch yeah. that, but that's very funny. Yeah. The uh um Rachel, you mentioned that the final girl is uh she's a little 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 flat maybe. I mm-hmm. she has fine. an amazing I what was, I think is like a northwestern accent. I no like, like I almost thought Canadian at first. I'm not really yeah. so Canadian. Was only, she has seven IMDb credits? Mm-hmm. She basically didn't do anything between 1989, and then she does one thing in 2006. She hasn't done anything else. She was in Night of the Creeps, though. Apparently, okay. Oh, she nice. like one of the sorority girls or something. That and it's cre- credited as Kathy. Um, but yeah, she. I don't know. Like they they do hang a lot of this movie on her. Like you have to care a fair bit about what's going on with her in her life, and. Uh, that that was another, I think, challenge. Like I said, to me, Sam Raimi was one of the best actors in the movie, which yeah. is either I will, yeah, I love seeing him though. Or, huh? Yeah, yes, it, yeah, yeah. I I like seeing him though because he now like kind of has this rarefied era of Sam Raimi. So to like see him in this <laughs> yeah. place, like just like a goofy kid making a stupid goofy movie with friends, like humanized him and in a way was, that I found uh, very, I don't know. I, I like that young. a lot. Cause I think we think of him as evil dead and Marvel Sam Raimi, but here he is just like a nerdy film guy, you know, hanging out with his friends. I, I like that a lot. It, like I said, it humanized him in a way that made me kind of like, I really liked it and seeing all of the like Ted Raimi and Bruce Campbell and all of these people when they're young, you like feel like you're just like seeing your friends a little bit you know with this if i don't know i i was very charmed by that yeah yeah i just assume this is how he is in real life like i don't think well, this was I mean, like is, uh, is he known to be unapproachable i, I mean no i, I was no, assume but I mean, he's just like sam raimi i don't yeah, know why no, i just feel yeah. like i don't know why he just strikes me as a person that has retained a little bit of that sensibility that he had I, i'm just making that up that's just me assuming though this so this yeah. would have been uh bruce campbell this would have been like maniac cop era bruce campbell i think Right. And this shares a lot of DNA with uh, Maniac Cop. I mean, even our main bad guy who we find out in the end after the big reveal, uh, he was uh, in Maniac Cop, too. He was the squad leader. Interesting. Maybe there was some like producer uh, crossover. Well, I mean, Raimi was involved in Maniac Cop, too, with Bruce Campbell and whatnot. And like I said, this is that's part of the charm of this movie for me, because if you've read the history and stuff of evil dead, especially in how Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi and that group of friends started making movies, these guys all came. A lot of these folks came from that. Mm. And it was kind of like a side channel to Sam Raimi's course. So, and you could feel it, the DNA in it. I thought, I think it's fun. Mm. No, it's there. Yeah. I was looking, I couldn't remember what year Evil Dead, I'm like, Evil Dead, so Evil Dead, the original is 81, the second one, I didn't realize it was six years later, uh, Yeah. so this is pretty, fairly close. <laughs> the but, second one, technically the first one again. Wow. <laughs> it's Evil Dead 2. <laughs> yeah, they like didn't have the rights to the footage from the original film, that's why they did that. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I don't know. 
So they're like, let's just shoot the whole story in a five minute like opening thing. Yeah. I mean, I love them both. I like I prefer the oh, first. Yeah. I'm more of an Evil Dead one kind of guy, John. It's definitely scarier. Yeah. I remember being in college watching Evil Dead 2 and being like, this is when I was like expanding my horror horizons, like beyond the like 20 things I would rent as a kid. And <laughs> I mean, so hyped for it. And I didn't like it. <laughs> I still don't really oh, like man. it that much, actually. I like, oh my God. Because I liked how scary the first one was, I just well, did not dig the humor of the second one. It's a hard Sorry, guys. Army of Darkness is the best one. <laughs> now, now I like I like Army I of Darkness. Like, Army of Darkness in a long time. I need to rewatch. I would that. say Army of Darkness is probably my second favorite in the series because I feel like two is like a weird two in the middle for me. Like I like what that Army of Darkness is just fully over there committing to like the thing it's doing. Yeah, in my Dude, head, two is really good. You're crazy. In S Mart, like uh, I don't know about you guys, but that's my head canon for Intruder. This is S Mart. Can't mm. tell me different. <laughs> yeah. There, which is funny too, because uh, we were. What was the first movie on Phantom of the Mall on uh, Joe Bob this past weekend, which is a Valentine, their Valentine you mean, special. Ed. You mean Eric's Revenge? Yes, Eric's Revenge. But somebody mentions uh, working in S-Mart in that movie. Mm. John, you missed Necromantic this weekend. Yeah, Casey was saying, "What what is the deal with necromantic?" Like, it's like a mean, German film about a dude who like shot on. Did he say Super eight, eight millimeter Super Eight? Yeah, like it was. Yeah, it was Super Eight. Oh Jesus! Like from the eighties, and it's about a dude who works on like a team that cleans up crime scenes or something like that. And mm -hmm. but he also is a total like necrophiliac. Him and his girlfriend, and they like he steals body parts and bodies. And then yeah. they like do sex stuff with them and we watch it's it. It's all about necophilia. <laughs> and like I'm there's something about the suit. Like yeah, it's it real gnarly great. to begin with, but then when you throw the super eight in, it's like good guy. There's also like there is real life animal violence stuff in it, but it's not yeah, it wasn't was, shot for the movie. It was like documentary stuff that they found a way to like splice in. Yeah. There was other animal violence later in the movie, but it was all effects. So Rachel, you're out. That's a hard no. Yep, that's yeah. that's my line. Like you can do anything to a human, and I'm like, but like you like ride a that course. dog stubs its tail, and I'm like, this is an outrage. I'm starting a letter writing campaign. <laughs> I mean, that's fair because I mean that was a movie that I was afraid to watch, and I finally watched thanks to Joe Bob last weekend. I've always been afraid of it, and I'm going to be 49. So I think my thing One is of my zombie girls co-host keeps threatening to make us watch those movies, and I was like, I'm going to quit my own podcast. I think my thing is I can full, and I don't begrudge anybody for like not wanting to watch that stuff. I think Cannibal Holocaust proved to me that I can sit through almost anything if the movie's good. The problem that romantic is like, it's just not very good. It's not that good. It's okay with, <laughs> it's it's better with Joe Bob because like he's giving you fact, you're learning about it and there's breaks and yeah. stuff, you know. Yeah. But then It's I, only had, an hour and 11 minutes long. So I then, feel like it's like if I had to, I could watch But it. then we had to go through this like, these really cheesy like skits before this wedding they put on and I was just like, I don't know, man. I don't know about this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about it. Um, Anyway, anything else about uh, Intruder that we want to mention? I was just going to say, what was your favorite kill? The mind the, comes from the uh, the bandsaw and the butcher's. Yes. Uh, oh yeah, the head, I loved it. 
it's, the head like splitting wild. in half is real gnarly. And there's lots and of he decapitates the dude in it, but it's not like your typical neck decapitation decapitation that you would normally see. He like decides to start somewhere in like the middle of the chin. <laughs> well, and then you see later the head is like put back together yeah. sort of awkwardly. It's on the yeah. poster too. Yeah. Um that one's very good. Uh oh, this is not a kill necessarily, but in, there's a scene when she's in the freezer and there's like legs behind her and it's just like then you sort of the camera either pans up or they zoom back or whatever and um it's like just the it's like cut off at the waist but the you know these effects guys you were talking about like the way it looks so gruesome <laughs> the like yeah. the, the viscera that's coming out of this waist so yeah. I also appreciated there's a scene at the beginning of the movie where we see one of those guys, they have storage upstairs or something, one of those roller line slides, and you see him come rolling down that uh, slide early on in the movie, flirting with some girl or whatever, and it's just telegraphed. You're like, oh, we're going to see that again later, and we do see it fairly effectively. (laughs) I think you got all the best kills, but another shot that I really, really liked was one of the last kills, I think, where the guy comes to the door and he cuts his throat and it sprays the the door <laughs> and then you just see him through the blood. That's such a cool it's shot. It's also the most like it's the most absurd blood spray I think I've ever seen in the movie. It's like way over the top. I like it. <laughs> All right, I think that's gonna do it for our review here. Would you, <laughs> John? Do you have something else? Uh, this, I mean, look for eighty slasher fanatics, sure. But this is—I'm not recommending this to like, you know, horror normies. Let's call them like, like uh, the new horror fans. John, do you remember in The Intruder how they give um, Dennis Quaid like a uh, what's clearly like a MAGA hat, but like it's not—it says something else on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It yes, was blank or something, but it was like clearly that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, it's good times. I would recommend this over The Intruder, just to be clear. Yeah, yes. I think so, too. If you're going to watch a movie about intrusion. Well, John, would you recommend this in general? No, no, I, I'm going I'm going to be a, a no, I guess, in okay. general. Rachel? I mean, I would definitely recommend it to horror nerds because I feel like it's an underseen gem. Um, and I would recommend it to if you are looking for something fun to have as a group watch mm. like this is perfect. This is a perfect group watch. Because you could also like talk shit during it and like not really miss much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you're (laughs) going to be like good and toasty by the time the kills start. So that's it's like you're 40 minutes into you're drinking. You're going to have the best time ever. Like this is a perfect group. Can I go back and redo my recommendation and say like (laughs) if you're hammered. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, nobody said I couldn't qualify. No, no. Fair fair enough. Well done. Uh, What you're going to want to do is get yourself some nitrous. No, I'm just <laughs> little poppers, you know. Um, so yeah, I would say soft recommend and like hard recommend under certain circumstances. Yeah. All right. You get that at the balloon store, John. Yes. No, Actually, sure. now now probably Amazon. Just order <laughs> yeah. it. Like it just come party right city. Yeah. You don't have to do anything shady to get it anymore. Um, Casey, I assume you're yes. Yeah, I'm going to recommend this, and I think it's. Um, yeah, it's an undiscovered gem. Like Rachel said, I think it's uh, it's one that's especially for horror nerds. I think it's one to get out there because it's something that's coming out of that eighty slasher genre that's not prototypical of an eighty slasher all around. Yeah, my can I? Oh, go ahead, Eric. I no, got one point I want to jump on, but go ahead. Um, I was gonna say mine's conditional. Like, 
If you're like me and you've never seen any of the Lord of the Rings movies, but you've seen Sleepaway Camp 2 about 25 times, yeah, sure. <laughs> you, you could add this to your, your repertoire there. But if you only watch like the best of the best 80 slashers and you're not like a big appreciator, then I don't think this one's going to wow you very much. Yeah, that's fair. The, I did notice on Shudder, this is like a hard five skulls. Like, yeah. So I agree. It's definitely underseen, underappreciated, but in the Shudder community, clear clear uh recognition which is kind of rare there, there's always a lot yeah. of acrimony going on in the shutter review comments yeah everything sits at like three to four yeah it's like there are, and then things will like edge into five but it's rare that that fifth skull is like fully colored in which this was especially you know. in older classic movies you can tell who all the people are that are like our age that are like oh man this movie fucks and then somebody who's like probably 23 comes in and is like you guys are idiots and this movie's mm. stupid <laughs> yeah which like I can't argue with you there, buddy. I don't know. Just wait. <laughs> Just wait. True. Just wait till you're on some message board in 2040, talking about how amazing some dumbass YouTube video was when you were a kid. It's, <laughs> it's gonna be the same goddamn thing. It never ends. So enjoy that. Enjoy being ridiculed. Enjoy being ridiculed by some 2040 kid who's on like ZTube now and like is way too cool for you. <laughs> Asshole. You you are going to like blow away in a puff of dust. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love I it. I was gonna say it's it's cute that you think we'll all be alive in 2040. So, but uh you know, <laughs> the rate we're going. It'll just it? be AI uh, watching videos and then making videos for the AI to watch. So don't get me started on the AI. Oh, My conspiratorial brain can't handle it. John, did you look at other than making fun of me for spelling your name wrong? Did you look at that tweet that I sent you today? Speaking of AI imagery, I mean, I looked at I looked at the one you sent me, but I did not click through to the, like. They're the very thread. cool. This guy who make yeah. uses uh, Mid Journey to make like fake screenshots from movies that never existed, and it'll just be like director mashups. Like this one I sent John was like uh, space like a sci-fi space movie directed by David Cronenberg. Like he makes up the titles and then directed by David Cronenberg. And then somehow does this like magic with mid journey and it spits out these banana stills, like just insane. Or it'll be like the matrix directed by Wes Anderson. That was definitely a real one that somebody did. This is my favorite genre of AI art that's happening. I mean, and from what Delaney tells me, like AI hosts on Twitch and YouTube is already a thing. Yeah, and I just uh, some some uh, there's a podcast. There's some company that's creating podcasts with AI hosts, and they're messing around with it to like get them to talk about like current events and stuff. Yeah, I did watch. Did anybody else watch some of that AI Seinfeld thing? That was I was about to say. I did. I saw it. I didn't like watch (laughs) it. The weirdest thing about it was like, I guess it works on some level, but they weren't telling jokes. Like it was very clearly. I tuned in a couple nights in a row before it got banned because it accidentally started being. Uh, making like anti-trans comments. Yep. Um, and they, so they yeah. claim what happened was that their main, the main chat thing went down and they reverted to an earlier version that hadn't been trained to not do that. And it apparently like immediately went off the rails and got them banned. And so they're trying to like get unbanned. It's a whole thing. But what was fascinating was like the Jerry blob on the screen would be like, you know what? I really like having friends. This is like a verbatim what I heard them say. It makes your life so much more full. And then George would be like, yes, I agree. Friends are good. And then it would be like, eh, like the fake clapping yeah, would happen. The clapping. Yeah. It was fucking weird. And then like one of the characters would just be sinking into the ground while they're having this conversation. I don't know, man. 
<laughs> yeah, I remain like fairly AI skeptical. <laughs> so yeah. I think like it's hilarious. Monster. I yeah, think- yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. We deserve no. to be in as a species. Like we were just like, oh, you're going to take over for us. Let's do the Here, work. For here's you. how. Here's how I feel. I think it's hilarious and creepy and fun to watch. I think we would be silly to write it off based on how hilarious it is right now because it's like you're just watching a big dumb baby figure it out, but that it's gonna figure it out. Oh actually. yeah, like it will get there in our lifetimes for sure. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah I I'm guess we have a job in like three years. <laughs> I will do. I think I mentioned this in the show. I was like, I do podcast consulting for my job. And Adobe is doing like a podcast, um, like beta right now that you can get into, like where there, it's a suite of some tools. And one of them is this vocal enhancer thing. And so somebody sent this to me, they're like, Hey, well, can you mess around with this and see if it works? So I had just, I had spent like 30 minutes, like mixing audio for one of these shows to try to fix like a mic problem. I threw this fucking thing in there and it spit me back a file in under two minutes. That was like the best thing that I've ever heard in my life. And I was like, I'm done. Okay. That I'm into. into. (laughs) Yes. Same. But like when you're doing that, but I now I'm acutely, but I'm right. I'm now, I'm now acutely aware. I'm now acutely aware of what that feels like to just feel completely obsolete in like five seconds. I mean, you still need someone that knows are, how to work that machine. So you hit upload. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah you but they, it, they'll, they'll teach the machine how to work the machine. Like yeah, it's exactly, just a matter of time exactly. till we have like a human, well, an Aurora Boris of AI that we are obsolete. John, how do you feel I mean, about uh, universal basic income? Because it's re- re- related good. to this question. We're going to need yeah. it. No, we're totally. going to need it. Yeah. <laughs> Hook it up to my veins. Let's go. <laughs> Honestly, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is that what's going to happen? Because I'm now pro AI. How do we speed this? <laughs> How can, can we reach singularity? Well, the, the problem, it, look, we're going way off topic. The problem is that like the politics of UBI is going to take longer to like oh, no. get through than the AI. Like the AI will move faster than the UBI. Oh, and then yeah, the AI will take over for the government. Many of us will be dead. <laughs> Many of us will die before they figure that one out for sure. Yeah. Whether, I can give yeah. you some uh, good be- uh, book recommendations on AI taking over the government. <laughs> Sci-fi books. You know what I always like, think of when everybody's conspiracy like conspiracy books. <laughs> this is exactly what I think of when everybody's like our horrible like AI dystopian future. I think of Elysium, right? That Neil Marshall movie. Mm-hmm. Was that Neil Marshall? No, not Neil. No, um, it's, it's the it's a South South African, African guy. Dude. Um, yeah, the guy that did uh, Neil Blomkamp. Yes, yes. Neil where Blomkamp. Oh, I got one name right. Where. Matt Damon goes to like the robo doctor in the beginning. And it's like this burned out, dirty, like dystopian, like robot in a half of a robot coming out of a wall that just spits pills out of its stomach at him. Like, and it's just like, what's wrong? And he tells it and he's like, bleep, bleep, bleep. And it just like injects pills, like throws pills. At him. I don't remember that at all, but that's the I beginning of the movie. It's the, and I never forgot it because I, it I have seen that haunted movie. me. Yeah, I was watching. I can't remember what we talked about. I watched. Uh, I'm not. I haven't finished it. Cause, but I was watching. I watched like half of Alita: Battle Angel. Really enjoyed it. I heard it. Was I can't good. wait to finish it. Yeah, and it's not but bad. it's it's very similar to Elysium. Like it has a similar setup where like the rich people live in the sky with their UBI, and then the proletarian live on the ground with their like half robots that they scavenge. And which one know, did you? Times. Which one did you relate to, John? Uh, dude, this Alita Battle Angel is badass. <laughs> she's yeah. really, she's good at killing. You were, so. <laughs> yeah, you're channeling your inner Battle Angel. I like it. Yeah, All it's right. very weird too. Uh, just visually, I think that is. 
two thumbs up for Intruder, one down, and one sideways. Is that correct? I'm also a sideways. If I can be a sideways, I'm a sideways. You can be a sideways. You do whatever the hell you want, John. This is your show as much as it is mine. I did like one of these, like a hang, you know, (laughs) hang loose situation. All right. Let's take a quick break. On the other side, we we will solve the AI problem. (laughs) (laughs) When you were growing up, the boogeyman was just a fantasy. Had its own power. The boogeyman. The boogeyman. He's here. Now. By the time they believe in him, it will be too late. The Boogeyman. Rated R. This is Jonathan Brecht, Creeper, and you are listening to Bloody Good Horror. If the AI could stock the shelves overnight at the supermarket, would we want that, or is that we don't want that? Well, we want like no. a bunch of teenagers fucking around it's, and listen, stabbing each other. It's gonna go real bad when all when like the blue collar jobs disappear because like look what happened in 2020 when people couldn't work. Like it's mm. gonna be so much worse. Mm. Yeah, but look at some of the stuff. I mean, it's already started. Look at the Amazon warehouses. Mm. Yeah, you ever read that thing that like the stat the like amazon has such churn at their warehouses that they literally they're like in-house like statisticians basically were warning them that like you're gonna run out of humans to work at your places that like when you take the pool of people that would be willing to work for you the number that do work for you and the rate of turnover that like they only had a couple of years before they would literally run out of humans in america that, that would work at their places and so Maybe they, they'll make the jobs. Better it's why they're hardcore. They're hardcore trying to pivot to like robots. <laughs> it's, it's why they're yeah, trying, to hard, trying to hardcore pivot to like robots and he AI and like another yacht. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Look, he is trying to save the Washington Post too. I mean, uh, if you like your newspapers, but <laughs> newspapers. Yeah. I'm trying to throw you something, Rachel. It's, yeah, you know. I appreciate you. I appreciate. Um, you. Rachel. <laughs> yes. You, I guess, we're not busy enough. And so no. you have a new show now with fellow BGHer Elizabeth. I do. I do. We just pulled oh. it out for on Valentine's Day. And then we're going to start. That's like our soft launch. And we'll be doing our hard launch in um, March for Women in Horror Month. Um, it is a new YouTube show called Hear Us Gore. You can subscribe right now. Like. Mm. I think the kids say smash up that subscribe button. Um, well, we're just going to be talking about like the hot top, like horror topics of the week. Um, basically I'm going to be like, Elizabeth, what is Eric tweeting about? Because we need to talk about It's not me. Yeah. She told me that you asked like how I stay plugged in, which is a hilarious Mm -hmm. question because I don't even know what the movies are about until I go to see them like in the show, on the show, like 
He knows about the fake movies that Midjourney is is coming yeah, up with. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you all about the Jamba Juice movie from 1978 because that was killer. Um, that was my other favorite AI movie tweet. Uh, but yeah, so how can people find that? Yeah, so you can find us on YouTube um, at Hero Score. Uh, we Elizabeth has started all of our social media, so you can definitely follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Um, there's nothing there yet, but there because we just launched, but there will be soon. So if you want to get at the ground floor and say you were like an OG fan, now right. is your time to strike. And you guys um, were doing like um, some reviews of like uh, some Super Bowl trailers. Yeah. So we just it, we recorded on Super Bowl Sunday. So we just did kind of like a trailer react to the to trailer for 65, the new Scream film and Cocaine Bear, which I am so way too excited 65, about. <laughs> 65 is this thing with Adam Driver, That's, right? Yeah. I got the yeah. trailer in front of- uh, I feel like without Adam film? Driver, I'm like, what? Why would I want to see this? But like, because it's him, I'm like, what do you know that I don't? He seems smart and talented. Who like, has such like it? predator it like, vibes? It does. Yeah. Is it like Mick G directing? It looks like a Mick G. It should be a Mick G film, but it does look like know. a Mick G film. I'll tell you what. Uh, I so as far as Scream goes, like I this was the most I've seen because I don't really watch trailers that much. Mm-hmm. I'm very into the like. It has a early 90s slasher vibe and i mean like i mean that pre-scream like when the 80s slasher franchises were like i don't know send jason to space or like um whatever like freddy's dead i don't know like when they were starting it feels batshit crazy this scream Mm. sequel like the depths of I'm I'm excited about it Stuff because it's there. crazy. Like I've yeah. I had like lost interest in Scream with the last one. I mean, I'd maybe even before that, but this one's uh I mean it's New York City. I feel like I gotta support the movie because so, I support New York City. I'm also pretty Finally, excited. Finally, New York City yeah. gets its due. It's been <laughs> so under the radar. <laughs> we do not get a lot of horror movies though. It's too expensive to shoot here, you know? I'm, and I'm like pretty it's funny. also you did it. They did it with Manhattan. Jason takes Manhattan and you do it's it true. right the first time. I'm pretty psyched <laughs> too because they are finally using the zombie ghost face mask. Now, mm. this is kind of a deep cut, John, but when Scream mm. 4 came out, they had prototypes of a bunch of different like out of left field ghost faced masks that they were going to use in the movie. I believe one of them was a scarecrow one of them was this zombie thing that basically it's all like torn up looking and dirty. It looks like it's been buried. And they actually, I I own it because they released some of these prototypes at the time. You could, I think it was, I want to say it was Screaming Mad George did them. He's like, he's a pretty big like effects guy. Anyway, I I own a zombie ghost face mask, John, that now is, is actually being used in a movie. So pretty excited. Nice. I'm just glad that I've got a YouTube show that I can smash the like button on or whatever, <laughs> and then I'll be up to speed on what's happening in horror. <laughs> finally, because it's, you know, it's, I'm, I don't keep up as much. Going yeah. back um, to 65 real quick. Uh, it is written and directed by Scott Beck and Brian Woods that we yes. know from Haunt. Yeah. Oh, and they, like they wrote a quiet place, quiet. I guess. With, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. that's but it's weird... also produced by Sam Raimi. Man, that's a real yeah. weird like. You like that. I always find it strange when Hollywood taps these directors that make these very small, intimate indie movies. And they're like, here's a hundred million dollar CGI bonanza that you you're probably perfect for this. Like, OK, yeah. I'm glad I'm they're just, getting an opportunity, but that always just seems like a bizarre move to me. 
I'm a little annoyed that they, I feel like they like sort of spoiled all of the plot of the 65 movie in the trailer. Yeah. yeah. They, like the, at least the big twist, right? Well, it's also yeah. called 65. So you'd be like, what the fuck is this? But it's in the they trailer. Kind of do it it's explain. in the trailer. They'd say it. Yeah. They're like, We've gone back in time. Yeah. Uh, Casey, here's your chance to sing the Planet of the Apes song again. <laughs> I was just talking about Rachel. John. He did that last week, too. So let's not encourage him. Does this movie does this movie contain a Planet of the Apes-esque twist in which like we find out that we cloned dinosaurs and they retook over the earth and then he came no, back? No, no, Hold on. No. My oh. assumption is that they are this is a where humans came from conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because they're yeah, talking about like finding Earth and that it like looks like their other planet and yada yada. So yeah. So we think this yeah. is a different movie with Earth, a different planet with Earth dinosaurs on it. No, yeah. no, no, no. It, they are I aliens. Think this is Adam and Eve. Correct. <laughs> well, I don't know. If that's well, appropriate. Because isn't she like a child? This is a this yeah. is a pro- well, there's a people on the, there's other people in pods. So I don't think. Oh, okay. Okay. This uh, is okay. a pro, this is like a Prometheus situation. Yes. 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 Correct. Yes. Yes. That was my take. Got it. You got there. <laughs> what if it was that, but then now also I can't get that song out of my head. What if it was what if it was that? What if it was that, but then also Planet of the Apes twist at the end? Yeah, like Dr. Zayas kind of like pops up right in the last Smoking it's like an after you are thing. Playing with fire. <laughs> Casey yeah, no, is, I know. He is, he is on is. the edge right I now. Am. Eatery. I can't play the piano anymore. (laughs) 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 Did we watch this haunt movie? I don't think I've seen it. It's it's fun. It's a fun little nasty. It, it, we never did it. We never did it. I don't think we covered it. No, we didn't. It's on. No, we didn't. It's on Shutter. And Joe Bob did it like two last year, I think, or two years ago, 2021, maybe. I'm almost positive we did because it was I, the guys that we find out they're all piercing enthusiasts. I mean, I've seen it, but I know. I, I know just what, searched I, the, I don't the believe we episode guy. It's not in there. I thought for so. sure we did. Oh my God. Mandela effect. It's happening on the yeah. show. But I've seen it. A, I've seen it a couple of times. And in fact, when I when I talk about non-offensive move, non-offensive just means it's I'm capable of having it settle in his background noise. And I've, I have used this, yeah. that exact movie for that exact purpose multiple times. Got it. <laughs> it doesn't sound like a compliment when you say it, no, but it's good. Okay. Yeah. Well, 65, here we come. Cool. Uh, here a score. Check it out. Um, yeah. Info at bloody This is from Robale. Roger. Mr. Roger. I didn't scan. I didn't screen this. So here we go. I don't use Twitter anymore. So here's a BGH that wouldn't fit in the Instagram. I went to see she came from the woods. I drove an hour to see it. Closest place to me that had it. Just as the movie's about to start, I see a quick movement from the corner of my eye. I look over and see a mouse running towards me. Question is, do you leave or stay? My solution was since I drove to see the movie, um, was to move up a few rows in the stadium seating. They can find you anywhere, pal. I figured the little dude wouldn't make it up that many stairs. I kept my feet up and enjoyed the show, Roger. I mean, definitely keep your feet up. I'm viscerally disgusted by mice in a way that like I would have shrieked probably (laughs) and probably left. (laughs) (laughs) I would have stayed. It's like, but you know, yeah, it's real. I'm sure, man, when we did our, was it where, which, which, I guess the 10 year was where we did the screening at the Oriental in Milwaukee. 
Like yeah. if that place doesn't have ermine, then I would be shocked. <laughs> like only because it wasn't dirty, but it was like a hundred years old. Like it was old as hell. Yeah. 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 Um, Rachel, are very are you- jealous of Ariel. She is a Disney princess and that she is like animals are drawn to her, which has its pros and cons. Cause she's also the only person I know that has been skunked multiple times inside <laughs> her own bedroom. But <laughs> Like I'm from outside. <laughs> Like through her window. Well, one time she came over. She's like, "If I smell like skunk, I'm sorry, but I was in my room and <laughs> skunk sprayed me." What the fuck? Uh, and she had no tomato juice in the house, so she had to use pasta sauce, and it was only the extra chunky kind. So she had a bunch of mushrooms in her hair. Jesus Christ! The story is amazing. Up. Beautiful Pacific Northwest. This is a true story. <laughs> But I, I mean, I would I think I would try to make friends with the mouse <laughs> trying to share my popcorn. Rachel, they're vermin. They carry diseases. Yeah. Most of them. Though. These are I mean, like you're not wrong. These are like cute you seen little their whiskers. These aren't like cute little pet store mice. These are like the like guys. I, I was I, I think I said this in the show. Right, I, so I won't kiss it on the mouth. But can I, I hold it? <laughs> I think I said this in the I think I said this in the show. I watch. These like animal rescue videos of my kids. And one time we watched one where this woman rescued like a bunch of baby mice and then just let them go in the woods. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, there's plenty of mice in the world. Like, it's fine. You let them go. <laughs> she should have murdered. Yeah, that's mice. what you do with mice in your house, John. Good Lord. I mean, I mean the, Midwest, the Midwest, that's you're going to get a field mouse now and then, especially if you have like neighbors who don't mow their grass or something like that. That's it happens. Yeah. Not in my house. Yeah. Like I've definitely been in bars where I looked over and been like, "Yeah, that's a rat running by." Okay, and kept it moving. So I mean, oh. in New York City, there's fucking mice and rats all over the place. Like, man, I was yeah. jogging one. Not inside. I was jogging one morning in Boston, and a like a teenage mutant ninja turtle ass rat, like not mouse, like rat, like. Uh, a small, like an enormous dog sized rat ran in front of me right out from the alleyway next to the restaurant. I used to eat at all the time. (laughs) (laughs) That is bleak, (laughs) but I don't know. I can remember uh, once when Delaney was little, she got a mouse that got in her room through the garage. Her room's on the other side of the garage. They uh, had heard her scream, opened the door and the mouse came out. Granted, we, at the time we had three cats, but these three fat ass domestic cats all jumped at the side of the mouse and ran down the hallway till it ran under the vacuum cleaner. Then they all stood there and stared at it mystified until I got it out. My old my old dog that passed away a couple of years ago, when Hunt, she was just she's a little thing, but she loved killing stuff, man. Like she would have 100 percent murdered any mouse. When we were in Florida, she used to always chase like the uh, lizards down there. Until she oh, got yeah. one in her mouth one day and started kind of gnawing on it and was like, what is this? And then like spit it out. <laughs> anyway. And to this day, that lizard tells the that tale. is the <laughs> animal killing corner here. <laughs> yeah. Bloody of um, what do we got on Twitter, Casey? All right. We got a few tweets out there. Our first one's uh, pretty simple. Our friend Whitney, who is now going by at Oh My Horror. Uh, oh my God, staff picks. What was the last time you all did a staff pick? years and years ago yeah it's, yeah, it's been, been a while it's been a long ass time yeah it's like uh, i said ne- it's rare that we had a week where there just was nothing jumping out at us that i mean other than yeah. like there was 
we, sh- we can talk about it. Like there was J- Schnars requested no theater this week. That was part of it. Like there's definitely some stuff that's out right now. Is there stuff Outwaters? in the theater though? This, oh, this, yeah, found, this found funny yeah. saying, like, and I don't know even what to think about Outwaters. Cause like I hear so much good stuff about it, but multiple people whose opinions I trust have DM me and been like, it's awful. And so like, yeah. then I mean, I'm like, what? It's no Is this a skinnamarink situation? But- like <laughs> the other one was uh consecration with Jenna Oh yeah, that Malone. Malone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Malone. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's directed by someone whose other movies I feel like I've liked in the past. And we still have a, a Infinity Pool out there if we're gonna pull the trigger on that. Mm-hmm. Have you decided, John? What? Well, which? Which thing? Can you deal Infinity. with the peenless version, or do you need the peen? At this point, we've waited long enough. Like we should just keep waiting till we till it's out right right? like i mean there is well whatever we can talk about what's next week later but all right next up we have a long time listener long time friend at skizbot back in my poor college days i broke the door handle off my 91 grand prix coupe for so for months i had to climb through the passenger side to get in (laughs) worked okay until the key broke off and the locked passenger door good times tell me your shitty car stories I have one from this morning. My uh, my car's fine. It's it's almost ten years old, but it's a Honda, so it's holding up pretty well. But my inspection ran out in September. Like I switched my plates to New York, and they're like, "You have nine days to get inspected." I didn't do it, so I've just been like plugging along. My for the last like two months, my one headlight. I'd have to kind of every couple of days punch it for to get it to work. Like just give the old Fonzie, like, mm, and then it would start working. That's not. It doesn't work anymore, so I gotta actually oh, okay. go get. Yeah, that's not usually a long term. I gotta go get it fixed tomorrow and whatever. Get my ins- <laughs> stupid inspection. In in high school, I had a 1970 Volkswagen Beetle. That wow. thing, it went through the. It, I put it through its paces, but like, <laughs> I I had to be careful. I had to, didn't compile too many people into it because the under part of the seat is like straw. And that's also where the car battery lives. And so it would make contact and occasionally catch fire. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Cool. And cool. Then I, I had a very strict curfew. Um, like every minute that I was late, it was a week restriction, which Ooh. just meant that I would wait till like three minutes till I had to be home and then drive 9,000 miles per hour. <laughs> but one time I was pulling out of a parking lot too fast and the front pumper got caught and bent backwards out. So it was like a sword. So I drove home and like parked as close as I could overnight and hit it. But the next day <laughs> I was like, okay, I got to fix this and I can't tell my parents. So I found a grocery store, which I later would work in when I was a Safeway employee. And I just ran my car into the cement wall behind it until I pushed the bumper back into place. And it was great. It worked perfect until I went to open the frunk and I had pushed it too far. So it was now completely compacted. So I would have to get whenever I had to get in or out of the frunk, I would have to get under the car with a wrench and take my bumper off, open the frunk, put whatever I needed in or take Damn. whatever I needed out, get back under with the wrench and put the bumper back on. It also only occasionally had brakes that I am alive today. I mean, I might just be a ghost haunting this podcast. <laughs> How much did you pay in the 90s for a 1970 Volkswagen? Um, my parents bought me that death trap as my like 18th birthday present. Are they hippies? <laughs> they they didn't like me very much. Are they hippies? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I don't got anything for now, that. I, I, mean, I, I drove that's... when I was a kid. I drove a. It was my great grandmother's car that she gave me. It was nice. a 1990 Ford Taurus 
which is just the oh. lamest, most like soccer mom ass car you can drive. Button locks, like the little like key pad. Did you have like the keypad lock on it? No, it was like the no, okay. no, nothing fancy. But it, I'll tell you what was nice about it in the Northeast was that that thing was a tank in the snow because it was six yeah. cylinder. It was so heavy. So and then my second car was also for Taurus. Like the first four cylinder car I drove, I thought it was broken. Like I, I literally. My, I went with my dad to pick it up. It was a Ford Ranger, like little pickup truck thing. It was just, I needed something to get to college and back. And I drove it home from the lot and I was like, dad, I think it's broken. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, when I hit the gas, it just goes up in the air, but the car doesn't go anywhere. Like what? <laughs> I didn't know. There you go. My first car was a 79 Ford Granada that my parents had bought me in, uh, one of the key features of that 79 Ford Granada was it had the doors. It was a two-door car, but they were longer than you're, you would typically expect. So they were longer and heavier. And it was well-known fact that the first thing that would start going on those cars is the uh, door hinges would rend- <laughs> start to rust, and which would cause this oversized door to hang when you opened it. So it was one of those ones that you always had to lift the door up to close it on both sides. So <laughs> that was always, it had that going for it. And we also found after my parents paid a thousand bucks for it. And uh, we found out shortly after we got it, the old lady whose work was stayed in the garage. She didn't tell us that the rear end was going out of it. So I can remember my sophomore year, took my girlfriend out after I got my new car. Um, we were on a date and we were going through the park late at night. And I just figured, you know, we're going to take our shot. And I turned to look at her and put my arm around the seat to say, hey, you want to go parking? And as soon as I turned around and put my arm around my girlfriend, the back end went because that's so <laughs> you can imagine me putting the arm around her and going, the whole car started shaking. I'm like, so we're going to take you home now. <laughs> Amazing. John, I'm dying to know what your first car was. Well, the first, I mean, the car I learned to drive on was a Jeep Wrangler that my dad had bought himself for his 40th birthday. So I got <laughs> it. He was whatever. He was, you know, 50. It was like 10 years old when I got a piece of it. And I, I fucked that thing up a lot. But a Wrangler is like made to be fucked up. So mm-hmm. yeah. It was great. I love that car. And then the first car that was like mine, mine, my grandmother bought me. I think it was a like first generation Kia Rio. It was when Kia basically like first came to the US. Mm-hmm. And Eric, you were talking about like a four cylinder. This thing was like a go kart engine <laughs> in a car. The car weighed 600 pounds. Like you, like mm-hmm. me and one other person could lift it off the ground. It was crazy. <laughs> it had no power locks or it had no power windows. So this is like 2005. Like when that was pretty standard, it had crank windows, no air conditioning. And like, I think it had, it might've had a CD player. Actually, that was like the one luxury feature, but I lived, I, she bought it for me cause I moved to LA for six months and I was living in LA, no AC. So I was oh. driving around the streets, you know, like I would have to commute like 30 minutes. In that traffic. Yeah, until I get this internship. And in the traffic, windows down. Because what are you going to do? Like, it was yeah. so. Yeah. I had that, was, a, that was a beater. I had a friend who had, his, <laughs> he bought a 1993 Pontiac Sunbird. It was for his first wow. car. That for $600, that was like just a piece of shit. But his dad was a mechanic. So his dad basically could keep it running. Um, and he then proceeded to put like a $2,000 stereo system into it. <laughs> like he literally pulled his back seat out for a giant woofer. Like that's basically one of those deals, <laughs> but it was, the car was so shitty that the car would just vibe like rattle. 
like from the base. Yeah. So he'd roll oh, up yeah, thinking yeah. he was looking all cool. Meanwhile, all you could hear was the sound of metal and plastic rattling off of it. <laughs> he had like he had like, you know, the neon lights on the bottom and it was just it was so silly. He'd get pulled over like every week. It was ridiculous. Neon yeah. lights. Holy <laughs> shit. That is a time capsule right there. Yeah, man. Yeah. My thousand dollar Fort Granada lasted maybe a year, if that, and then that my parents have bought me that so that I turned around my neighbor across the streets was selling her old 81 uh, Buick Regal that I paid her 300 bucks for. And I drove that thing for like five years. It was awesome. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I'm currently, I have a Honda fit. I've had it for almost 10 years now, bought it new and I'm like, I love it. I don't ever want another car. Although I just found out that, um, they stopped making them a couple years ago. It's kind of bummed. I, I haven't seen them. Not yeah, but yeah. All right. Another tweet. We have uh, another good longtime friend at V Jody Webster. I love slashers like intruder that are set in an unusual location, like a grocery store or mall. What are some other unique places you'd like to uh, set a slasher movie? I dig the eighties vibe where it's clearly like I have a friend who owns a grocery store and he said we could shoot here overnight. So we had to shoot from like 1am to 5am, you know, like I I like that kind of vibe and I'm sure some movies still do that, but. Everything's so yeah. professional now. You don't really get the same DIY vibe. Let's make that Jamba Juice slasher a reality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's pretty, pretty small. Let's do the Jamba Juice. They're not usually uh, spacious uh, locales. I always flagship I, Jamba. Oh, oh, yeah, Jamba headquarters. I used yeah, to work. You, this is great. I used to work ma- in master control at a local TV station on weekend evenings with a skeleton crew of like four or five people. And we all used to talk about it all the time that it would be like a pretty awesome setting for a slasher. Cause it's just so, so old and creepy and like rundown. I mean, any of the, like, I mean, you it's, we've talked, we've talked about it in the past, but I used to work at Google, any of these like high end tech offices, which are all now being like abandoned for, mm. you know, no workers uh, would be great. That would be a fun one. Like the Twitter offices. Sure. A slasher and a WeWork. That actually yeah. be kind of fun to see a movie in the next five years set in that situation, just from as crazy as it sounds from the early stories when they're setting up an apartment in there for Elon, et cetera. And, you know, people sleeping under their desk and whatnot. That could be fun. All right, last tweet here. Another longtime listener at Schnecky91. When a movie franchise doesn't acknowledge all sequels, does that kill a little bit, bit kill it a little bit for you, or are you cool with it? As an Duh. aliens stan, <laughs> I am very pro just flashing things from canon. That's yeah, fine with me. I agree, but I do I do worry that over time it has a kind of like diluting effect to all of the movies in a weird way. Um, what as a is person that is, is there like a specific at a person as a person that's still personally hurt by not finding out what happens after Halloween six. Yeah. I don't yeah. know where the, he didn't give a, they didn't give any examples in the tweet. So I'm not I mean, exactly a, sure where this has come from either. If this is like a screen thing or something. Every goddamn franchise now, like just goes, fuck yeah, it. Yeah. We just make a new movie with a title and no subtitle. And it's just a new thing. Which is why something like Scream, I feel like, still feels interesting in that it's actually sticking with it and being like Scream 6. Like, you just, you don't get that that often these days. Yeah. Yeah. That's it for tweets. What do we got on Instagram, Eric? 
Scream 6, right? Yeah, 5 was that yeah. one from like last year? Yeah, it's 6. Was that last year or two years ago? It was... It was last year. I think it, was, it was like yeah. really early in the year. It was. Last it was year. like Jan or yeah. Feb 22. Yes, time. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. That was a cough and a hiccup. Do you hear that? Oh, my gosh. Wow. What's your favorite relatively obscure 80s slasher? My answer for this is uh, Sleepaway Camp 2. Is that obscure? I mean, I guess that's obscure. For, to for a normal person, a thousand percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I like mine is probably Pieces, which I think we did as a staff pick and was like a revelation for me when mm-hmm. I first saw it. I was like totally blown away. I think um, I feel like Just Before Dawn, honestly, is fairly obscure still. Well, that's like one of my, yeah, mm-hmm. that's like one of my faves for sure. Man. I don't know. This like one of my biggest sort of holes is probably 80s slashers. Like mm. the, I, I probably need to see a few of them. But like I said, I'm always a little like, let me get into it. Terror Train I watched. Yeah, it's been a little while, but that's that's a fairly obscure one. Um, here we go from Brian. Love this movie. Uh, who in the crew has worked retail where and in what decade? Let's get into it. Right. I think he just called me old. Um, (laughs) I worked, yeah, I worked at at, for years in retail. I worked at a grocery store. I worked at the mall at a few different places. I worked at like Nordstrom and a a now defunct Garden Botanica. So the 1990s is what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. Late nineties for me. I worked at a grocery store very similar to this one. Um, and Which chain was it, Eric? What, so they were called Grand Union. It doesn't even exist anymore. Mm-hmm. It went like bankrupt at some point. It was a re- very small regional chain. It was the grocery store in town old people would shop at because it was like a slower pace because like there weren't a lot of people in there and it was small. Um, <laughs> with just the skeeviest cast of adult characters working there and teenagers who were just constantly ripping the place off. Like this just, I saw, I saw some shit there. I remember right before I left, a kid started working there and immediately started stealing beer, drinking them in the bathroom, and then throwing the empty beers up in the tiles of the ceiling. (laughs) Um, That basically happens in the- He didn't last very long, but uh, the second place, so there I did cashier, and it was a bagger, you did both. And I hated being cashier, because like, you used to have to like count out money and do checks and like all this crap, right? Oh yeah. And man, old people with their checks, like God forbid that thing doesn't go through or you have some problem with the check machine, like forget about it. I really yeah. hated the like <laughs> confrontational nature of having to check. So I quit that place after like a couple of months. I went to work at a bit nicer grocery store down the street and they had the option. You could just be a bagger and it was the same amount of money. So I did that. Still terrible at it. Um, I had the flu really bad and like I could barely talk. So I asked my mom to call in for me. They were like, he has to call in. And I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Like at that point they're challenging me. They're basically like, if he doesn't personally call in, he's fired. And so my mom told me that I'm like, okay, I'll just be fired. I don't fucking care. Like (laughs) this is literally just like weed money. Uh, so they fire me. Three weeks or a month go by, like a significant amount of time. I don't really, I got my, I got my last paycheck, what I thought was my last, whatever. And then one day in homeroom, this dude that I worked with comes up to me and he's like, Hey, I thought you got fired or quit or something. I'm like, yeah, I did. And he's like, 
that's so weird. You're on the schedule tomorrow. And I was like, <laughs> really? And I was like, oh, that's weird. And I was kind of like laughing to myself. And I'm like, I do need money right now. So like I put on the uniform. <laughs> I showed up to work. Oh my God, I, dude. I punch in. I start bagging groceries. And the shift leader comes up to me and she's like, I thought you quit. And I was like, no, I thought you got fired. I thought you quit. And I was like, I'm on the schedule. And this was like my one of my crowning achievements in life. And she slowly walks away. She's gone for a couple minutes. And she comes back with this just like listless stare in her face and was like, yeah, you are on the schedule. And she's like, I get I was like, okay. Dude, that's like George Costanza nonsense. Yeah. 100%. I worked my three hour and 45 minute shift, which is what those shifts were. So they didn't have to give you a break, which is some like capitalism horseshit. Uh, two weeks later, collected my like $17 check and moved on to my life. Probably bought some <laughs> that beer. That was the last time. Yeah, I probably bought some beer or something. Yeah, because after that, they fixed whatever the error, rounding error was in the system that ended up with me on the schedule. Jesus That's Christ. That's funny. And I, I, I never worked retail boy. again. That was it. It was my senior year. Amazing. Kroger, Casey? Yeah, up until I, I left for college the first time. Well. <laughs> I Man, my Pat, parents like, ran a bakery. I mean, I've talked about this on the show, I'm sure. So like that's oh, really? I, I does that count that. as retail? I didn't remember that. Yeah. You're serving people. Did you I bake stuff? Very infrequently worked the store. My mom was in charge of the store. My sisters worked in the store. It was all senior ladies, like older women, like like in their sixties or older, and then like my sisters and their friends. Wow. There, I don't know that. I think I might have been the only man that ever like took money in the store. My dad, I'm sure, at some point showed up, and but it was I very gendered. I it was actually, very gendered environment. I actually did not my know that. My dad was the baker, and my mom ran the store. I, I did like, not know that about you. How long did that business yeah. stay around? Well, I mean, my grand it, they took it over from my grandparents. My grandfather opened the store in like '65, I think, Damn. and then my parents took it over in like '95. So do they sell it at some point? Or? Yeah. Uh, did they, what? No, no, no. It went out of business. Oh yeah. What was your specialty? Did you have like a special thing that you guys made? Like, was it, it was, it was like a traditional, no, a traditional German. Uh, I love it. It was so pretzels and stuff. Uh, they did pretzels, but not, it was, no, it was like very straight up, like bread cakes. I mean, like if anything, they had too many skews. Like it was like too many things, but, um, no, my, my grandfather was like fourth generation baker and then he trained my dad. So t- I guess like my dad now, but it was my mom. If he dad. was fourth generation, you're yeah. going back to like the 1700s or some shit. Like mm-hmm. That's close generations to aren't exactly that long, but, uh, <laughs> to the 1800s, was, yeah, probably easily. to the 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. Do you bake? Did you learn how to bake? Dear, dear Lord, no. No, no, no. Oh, that's so a it's, shame. So it's your they fault. They would bring me in to like clean the floors. I like washed pans and shit. That was like. So it's your know. fault this business went as no longer? That's well, what I'm hearing. They shut it down in 05. So literally I left for college and then like I graduated college and my parents sh- shut to the To be fair, down. my father's had multiple family businesses and I've worked for, uh, I did work. He didn't own it, but I did work with my dad for one summer and he used to tell people to stop coddling me and make me do work. <laughs> but because he was a, because he was a partner, nobody would. It was pretty great. Yeah. Nice. Work the system. <laughs> oh, that's been the story of my life. Um, all right. That was good. I like that one. Thanks, Brian. Uh, any plans to do more older movies like this? 
Sure. I mean, I'm always talking, I'm always talking about, I would like to do it. It's often about the right movie at the right time. Um, you know, we did, um, we just did. What was that movie that we just did? Possession? Didn't we do Possession? No, we talked about talking about it. Oh, weird. And I thought there was something else recently we had done, but. The devil's it's time to do the <laughs> but I will say we did, did the devil's probably was the last. So we can, we can drop this information. Now we, for episode 700, which is coming up in a couple weeks, um, we're having Mr. Joe Ferry back on. And I have asked him to personally curate some out of left field vintage pick for us. I yeah. have watched the trailer for the movie that he'd like us to do. And it's, pretty wild i'm not i want to save it i want to spring it on you guys when it's yeah it's not salo is it but uh oh no it's not that kind of wild but it's uh (laughs) it'll be fun so yeah we're gonna be doing more of that soon i guess i mean the big i know we haven't done staff picks for quite a long time but the movie if you look at it going through pandemic and stuff the the way streaming and movie releases this change has really kind of knocked us out of the stat pick because there was always stuff coming out on streaming every it's, weekend it's for the last couple of years. A sort of embarrassment of riches. That's one part of it. Of yeah. like just there's always something to review and we're trying to keep up for your endless and stuff. But also for me, like as the ornery person that is oftentimes like uh, vetoing stuff, I feel like and I felt like this since the day we started the podcast. Nobody needs another podcast. I felt like this in 2007 that nobody needed another podcast episode of somebody reviewing the evil dead. And like, yeah. generally what excites me are movies like the devils where it's like, Oh shit, I've never heard of this movie before. Yeah. And like, yeah. what is this? And then I watched and it blew my mind. That's the kind of stuff I love digging into when we can be surprised by something and learn something about classic movies. And you know, that gets a little hard because we're all fairly well-versed in like obscure stuff. So I would yeah. love suggestions if people have out of left field stuff. Cause I think that's where it's at. And if you get to, there's too strong of a chance if you're doing, you know, another podcast cover and yet another evil dead movie yet to up turning into that old Chris Farley skit, you know, it's like, Oh, you remember that one kill? That was cool. It's hard. It's hard. Well, <laughs> when you're someone like me that watches movies that I, when I like them hundreds of times, like it, it becomes hard to have a fresh take on them. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, we can do that. We just gotta have the right movies. Um, if you had to put an '80s horror movie quote on your tombstone, what would it be? You said this ahead of time, and I just didn't have time to research. I didn't. <laughs> Damn I, it! You all maybe have better ideas, or but. I need to get on this 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 uh, preview list because now I'm like, what is an '80s movie? I've never seen one before. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, those are those are tough in general. Uh, what would you do if an intruder came into your home at night? This is why I wear earplugs. I've said this before. I want it to just be over quick. I don't want to be aware of what's happening. Like, just go ahead and stab me and get over it. <laughs> so, so grim. <laughs> I mean, it's not the only I also wear earplugs because I like to sleep in silence, but still. I don't know. Just keep in mind, if you break into my house, the first thing you're going to see is me and my undies and a baseball bat. And that's nobody wants to see that in the middle. Of the Rachel, speaking. I, mean, go ahead. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> There's a whole portion of the Internet dedicated to something just like that. Well, that's fair. <laughs> I've been told in certain communities I'd be quite popular. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I've been going to I have a stink bug in my room, Rachel. 
And I've uh, what, what? I oh, yeah, do you guys now? have those there? They're weird, like scaly, not like weird sharp looking bugs that if you squish them, they smell like really offensive, like apple sour apple. Shark? Shark. Shark. Sharp. As in like Tiburon, as in like Jaws? Sharp, sharp. They're like uh, angular. They're angular. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I like, it's up in my seat, kind of butt, like hanging out around like the upper part of my wall, my room. And all I keep thinking is like, well, my ears are plugged and my eyes are cut. Like, what's it going to do? That was my question. Like, how are they in terms of like they don't size bite, to ear they're canal? Not, they don't bite. They're not aggressive. It actually might be <laughs> legit too big. To get in an ear, but it could get in a mouth. It could get in I did it. I got him to shake I his forgot, head. I forgot about the ear canals. So well, that's why yeah, I was dis- is, that's why I was discussing this. These are highly guarded orify. Okay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> every I time like you're on okay this, with the stink bug, but mice are new. Yeah. Literally, every what time you- you're on this show, Rachel, I opened Instagram or something, and it's like, hey, you want to see videos of stuff getting pulled out of people's ears? And I'm like, no, we see? were just talking about it. On the <laughs> see. Show. You all say I'm crazy. And then somebody's like extracting something, an arachnid from an ear. But it it's only showing me, it's only showing me those videos because we're having these conversations. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I mean, <laughs> there are worse ways to wreck an algorithm as friends with someone who's friends with Ariel. I've seen some things I can't unsee, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, that's a real thing. <laughs> If I do nothing on this show, but save someone through my paranoia of having to have something extracted from their ear, I will have I will have made the mark that I want to on this. I'm going to have to send you a picture in the spring of the number of like spider egg things that I get in my basement. Like it's like arachnophobia. What? It just happens here. It just happens. Like that's the the time of year. And and remind me what part of the country do you live in so i can the northeast (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. i mean like i hear horror stories of people who like move into a new house and all of a sudden the walls just like erupt with like spiders and i've never knock on wood had that experience i once as a kid i think this is the origin i don't know if i told the story where i like found my stuffed animals in the attic and I brought them downstairs. And then in the night, I something woke me up and I turned it on. There were spiders all over my walls that had emerged from the attic bag. Ugh. And so I like had to get Good out Lord. the like vacuum cleaner and just like. Spiders freak me out. And then that thing got yeeted outside. Spiders forever. freak me out. But do you know what we get here that freaks me out even more? Our earwigs. Are those the things? Just because you think they're going to go in your got, like little pincers in their butts? No, because I put my foot in my shoe once as a kid and got like stung by one. These, these are these reasonable. Thing? They have pincers on their butts. Like, yeah, but I, no, 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 no. Like, they get, they, they go at you, dude. They're yeah. Okay. I'm looking up stink bugs. I, also I feel like once, I need a visual aid. I've, I know I've to told this story before, but I, I was watching my mom like garden once when I was a kid and she pulled, she was pulling stuff out and she pulled a thing out and a literal like, fountain of earwigs like shot up out of the ground like somehow this thing was like the keystone holding them in the ground and they just like <laughs> like flew up out of Hideous. okay these are very arachnid adjacent i am anti this i don't they're know why leaf- they're, they're, they're a little leafy looking they sort of look like a praying mantis head or yeah. something but if you mm-hmm. cry yeah, if, you, they, if you they crush, look like they want to burrow they don't bite or anything but if you kill them they give off this like real horrible stench that is kind of like Sour apple, but not good, but like very bad. Okay. 
It's no getting sprayed by a skunk in your bedroom smell. But no. Ask her great. about it. It is a true story. It's I have multiple times since I've met her. It's enough to make me bedroom. it's enough to make me want to just catch them and put them outside. And I generally am a, a murder anything on site kind of person. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to spiders, I, I feel like outside, I don't mess with them. In my house, death sentence. Like oh, yeah, that is the, yeah. the the deal I've made with the universe. <laughs> I can remember the first time, like for a while, I feel like I would not kill bugs in front of my kids. I don't know why I felt weird about it because they thought bugs were adorable and cute and like, oh, he's going to his home, like that kind of thing. I can remember the first time I like absentmindedly murdered a bug right in front of them and they were just like, oh my God. Innocence <laughs> 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 lost. <laughs> Anyway, we got two more I'll questions. Bet. Okay. What's an 80s slasher you've always wanted to see but still haven't? The Prowler. <laughs> the Prowler? I've never seen the Prowler. The Prowler is very good. I believe that it's Tom Savini effects in that movie. I think it is. It's better than Intruder. I will say that. Yeah. I've never watched, I don't think, The Stepfather. Not that I'm like dying to watch it. There's, I a, watch the there's a last first. drive-in episode of that. Is a good way yeah. to watch it. Okay. I don't I like know that I could think of any that I haven't seen, to be honest with you, not off the top of my head. I would have to see like the VHS. Cover have you ever seen, oh, I never uh, saw that. You ever seen cheerleader camp starring Leif Garrett? Cause oh, you yeah. haven't lived until you have. Still haven't seen Lord of the Rings though, John. <laughs> I know I bring it up because they're all on Netflix now. And I keep thinking like, should I just do this? Should I just use this yes. as an opportunity to rip the band? Oh, off? Lord of the yes. Rings. I thought you yes. meant cheerleader camp was. <laughs> 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 Eric, I, I don't think you're going to like them. Cheerleader Camp's been on Shudder. Yeah. See, I like... I like, oh, yeah. I, I, like got, I don't know. The we'll depths see. of Shudder, which I went into a little bit yesterday when I was looking for this movie, there's some shit on there. I'm like, what? Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. There's some, like, B-grade Italian or, like, a lot of Euro stuff that's... You know, um, interesting. I think it's a fun game to see like what it recommends for you ne- next because I feel like that's more telling than like your horoscope or mm-hmm. anything like that. Like, what what is, is the algorithm of shutter feeding you? <laughs> is is it algorithmic though? I just like assume that's just like you know. I don't know. Did I don't you know. Get a weird werewolfy one because that's what I got. <laughs> I'll look. All right, last question: What movie soundtrack inspires you? Rocky. It's a good one. Fair. Um, <laughs> I'm familiar. <laughs> Please don't sing it. <laughs> I'm going to give an outside of the box pick here. I've actually, I've been talking about this guy a lot lately. I can't pronounce his name. He is Polish. It starts with a W. But if you go to Spotify and search tonight, she comes. Uh, there's a soundtrack and it's amazing. And it's very grand and sweeping synth music. Mm, very cool. I mean, like, obviously, the first thing I think of is just like any Carpenter soundtrack. Um, I just yes. for the first time ever, we we did an episode called Shame Holes where we watched things we should have seen a long time ago. Nice. Um, and I watched The Fog, the original of The, the Fog. It's a for great the first soundtrack. Time. And that nice. soundtrack is. It starts out with uh, the old dude, like, giving his little spiel there. I have it on vinyl. It's really good. Yep. Yep. If that one was real good. Non-horror. Mm-hmm. I love the soundtrack to the new world. It's pretty random, but hmm. it's very good. Terrence Malick. Just to drop a hint on my upcoming episode of How Do You Horror with Whitney. 
uh, I'm going to say the six string samurai soundtrack from the red Elvises. Mm, that reminds me. Mm. I'm going to edit that. Keep an eye out. All right. I think that's it. Uh, check us out. Patreon.com slash bloody good horror for more of this action right here. Us on video. Mm. Rachel's, pink, <laughs> Rachel's pink hair. Casey's beard. All that stuff. Uh, Rachel, where can people find you? Well, you can find me uh, all across the Zombie Girls Network. Uh, best way is just Google Zombie Girls, G-R-R-L-Z. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ZG Podcasts with an S at the end. And of course, our new show on YouTube, Hear a Score. You can find us on all the socials under Hear a Score and on YouTube. So come check it out. You, I mean, like I get it. It's enough of me. But Elizabeth is there. So <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason to come. <laughs> check it out. Casey, how about you? Um, I'm on Instagram where I post my art, uh, cinema dot fromage. So, uh, you can definitely find me there. I've also been more active on Twitter as of late, uh, doing some kind of, uh, fresh from my brain, uh, commentary and what, as I'm watching movies late at night. So, which is not that exciting, but I'm out there at, at KCBGH if you're curious. John, you're not on Twitter. What's your phone number? <laughs> you can venmo me at schnarch did you almost give it to me uh you have it can we set know. up one of those like fan phone numbers where people can text you but it's not like oh, you're really gonna do that i i need a 900 numbers like a dial of schnars and like it's, we gotta do a commercial like the like 90s yeah. late night commercial i'll be real style. i probably like a company that does that right it's called a like community or something is that what they're called i'll be real i will give out my phone number so just dm me i don't care <laughs> i got nothing else going on um check me out i make spooky synth music under hi-fi hy-fy i have a new single out it's called john just before dawn mm. Oh, related. Um, check. Thank you. Check me out on Spotify. Hi-Fi, H-Y-F-Y. There's a full uh, EP coming. It's going to hit Bandcamp next week. And uh, so get excited for that. Is there a longer version of the BGH theme? The other day I was at the gym and it yes. came on and I was like, this thing slaps. Yes. I need this. <laughs> if, you go, if you go to high, if you go to, <laughs> all you have to do is go to hi-fi on Spotify. Okay. And the song right. is called Slashed. There's a full version of it. Uh, that is exciting. I thought you were going to tell me no. But no, it, it was a hi-fi. Yes. It was a hi-fi song before it became the BGH theme. So, and okay. same with the outro music is a full song and the synopsis music is a full song like almost anything you hear on here is on my spotify nice so there you go check it out all right it's gonna do it for intruder how do you feel casey i've been waiting pretty good feel better I, you guys uh warmed up to it more than i thought you would so. like, you, <laughs> like you finally got that sneeze out huh well, yep uh we will be back next week hope you enjoy the show and we'll talk to you soon see you bye Bye-bye.